Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me on another episode of the Idea Fit Pro Show. This is Sandy Webster, Ideas Editor in Chief, and your host for the podcast. I know you're busy, so it means a lot to have you take time to listen in. Today, you'll really be glad you joined, especially if you're still feeling challenged by the new hybrid fitness model for which virtual engagement has become so key. My guest today is Dr. Michelle Allencar, who is an associate professor in kinesiology and also serves as co-founder and chief science officer for InHealth Lifestyle Therapeutics, Inc. She is a certified clinical nutritionist, certified lifestyle therapeutics health coach, exercise physiologist, and strength and conditioning specialist. Michelle has a passion for, and expertise in, mobile health and virtual lifestyle coaching, among other critical wellness specialties. She has several research publications in the areas of health, mobile health, telemedicine, and body composition. She has presented sessions on idea event programs, as well as written for Fitness Journal. Let's dig in and see what she has to say. Welcome to the Pro Show, Dr. Alan Carr. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Sandy. It's a pleasure. I think it would be great if you could launch into our conversation by introducing yourself and describing how your path in academia and as a practitioner, researcher, and fitness educator have been shaped. Thank you. You know, my background has really blossomed from my experience that bridges two worlds. You know, and I really, you know, I'm really passionate about these two areas from academia to industry. You know, I was not always focused on going into academia, honestly. I always felt a call towards industry, but mm. um, as I sort of evolved in my career, the calling for teaching really just jumped out at me. And so I knew that eventually I wanted to bridge these two worlds, which, which always feels very different, right? There's this imaginary wall that kind of feels like it's formed in between these two um, these two worlds, you know, from academia to wellness. And so for me, being able to bridge that is is amazing. Um, you know, I'm, ba- I'm able to take and apply what I do in my research to the, the industry as, mm-hmm. it, as it sits right now. So what we do is we take um, our research and, you know, I'm able to apply it with um, my industry partners, with my um, relationships, um, with my business. So it's a really unique experience because it's not often what students have the ability to, you know, have um, in their academic careers. They don't often get that ability to apply it. So, my ability to, you know, bring those two worlds together is is passionate. So, I'm, and, and I think for them too, that's super interesting because you're you're straddling both worlds, and you can you can teach them about your real world industry experience, but you're guiding them on the academic path as well. So that is just, that's really unique. Yeah, no, it is unique. And I think that the students really appreciate the experience. And so, you know, on my flight here to PTI, I was talking to to Jana Schroeder about it. And she, you know, agrees that, you know, being able to bring that academic experience into the industry is really where you see the value. And so that's why in the academic world, when we, you know, allow our students to go into gyms and to wellness centers and to all these different, um, 
you know, facilities that we have contracts with through the university, they come back just gleaming because they can see the application. And I think that's where the magic really happens. We can study it, we can look at the theory, we can imagine what it's like, but when you truly get your hands on it, that's when you start to see you know, the real world application. And so students come back and they just, they see the aha moment. And we see that when we bring them to IDEA and we see them when, they, when we go, you know, and um, apply it in, in research and in those kinds of avenues. So it's really unique. I feel very fortunate to be able to, you know, take these two worlds on, you know. Yeah, that, that, is, that is so awesome. And it truly is the secret sauce to be able to give people real world experience before they get out there. Um, yeah, your specializations really offer you a lot of variety in your work. Um, and having worked with you before on both presentations for IDEA events as, um, and as an author for Fitness Journal, I know you were way ahead of the curve on virtual. In fact, you presented on the emerging world of telemedicine four years ago at IDEA World Nutrition Behavior Change Summit. Um, and not to launch into a pandemic question immediately, um, but you know, it, virtual re really has been the centerpiece um, for many businesses, but particularly for fitness um, as we've retooled the way we do things. How have the past two years shaped your path or changed your focus in terms of virtual or otherwise? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic, as difficult as it was and is, it truly emerged, which I always felt was the next step in the industry. So years ago, when you know I was supporting you know various practitioners in office through fitness and nutrition, you know we sort of had this epiphany where we knew the virtual was the way we reach more people, and that was really the truly the foundation of it and how it sort of emerged in my mind. You know this was you know, seven years ago now, and here we are, fast forward post-pandemic, wherever we are in the pandemic, and it sort of blossomed, and it sort of became from a must, from a, you know, nice to have to a must have, and I think we're in that place in the industry where we've got to figure out how we leverage these tools and how we can apply them in a way that makes sense for our business, for our clients, for our, you know, for our audience, whoever we're approaching. And so at this moment, I think it's about taking what we've learned, which everybody sort of went through a crash course, no matter where you are, you had to figure it out. You either sank or swim. And now it's where do we emerge from here? And so for me, you know, I've seen a transformation in the ability to leverage these tools to be more effective, to drive better engagement, to drive better outcomes, to look at it from an, an approach where how do we take this technology and make it a better experience? Because whenever we have a better user experience for your clients, for your customers, whoever that may be, that's really what it's about. And so now we need to take this virtual world on by the horns and we need to see what works for us. And so that's where you know I've been able to look at some past research that I've done and my partners and how we've applied that in the industry. And we've got some great tips in terms of how you know, might be some best practices for, you know, this, uh, you know, for our fitness pros out there. That sounds like an article or a presentation, but can you share a few of those best practices right now? Yeah, I mean, I would say at the top of the list, right, it's finding out what those tools are that fit for your business. Let's say for me, <clears throat> excuse me, um, on the in-health side, you know, we know that remote patient monitoring, and we know that the ability to use mobile health technology tools is something that everybody has now. 
I mean, it's there. So for me, in that um, application, it's taking what people already have and drawing data points from it. So my first takeaway for you know the listeners is find out what data points people are collecting. What are they already using? Because that's where you can really leverage what they're already absorbed into, they're already engaged into, they already know that they've got it. How can you leverage that into your business to say, hey, Michelle, I notice that you're tracking your steps every day. How can we make that a part of our training program? How can we start to build an accountability program that works for you so that we can work together to get you closer to your goals. So that would be my first tip is, what are they already using, mm -hmm. right? The second is, what can grow your business? What in your business actually can make a material change to revenue or outcomes, whatever it is that you're measuring? Because that's gonna move the needle, right? When you start to see something that grows your business, so again, I use a remote patient monitoring example because we're sort of immersed in that at the moment. There's you know, CPT codes for reimbursements for insurance mm -hmm. that actually drive $180 plus a month revenue for you know, a practitioner. So that makes a material change in terms of a business model, business revenue, but it also can leverage data that shows true outcomes. I mean, what a beautiful scenario, right? You can use that and leverage that to see, you know, ROI and outcomes, looking at a cohort, whatever it is that you want to do. But to me, that's what the next step is. It's what kind of data can you capture that makes a material change to your business, to your outcomes, whatever it is that you're trying to assess. Um, I think those are the top two that I would really, you know, have the readers listen in on, but there's lots more that I could flood you with, but those are the top two. <laughs> what are they using and what makes a difference in your business? And what platforms um, are, are being utilized for this? Are these private labeled or are we just talking Zoom here? There's all kinds of platforms out there. I mean, gosh, when you look at the tech world and sort of what's being invested in by large, you know, venture groups or, you know, private equity firms, there's, there's more than you can count. Mm -hmm. um, and so really it's about what fits. Zoom has obviously emerged into a whole new way that they've, um, you know, they've come to market. Um, but and when you look at different types of tools in the industry, that's really what can be applied. There, there's so many out there. I mean, even MindBody has, you know, put in some sort of, um, you know, ability to look at trackers. I mean, when you see there's so many options out there that it's so hard to nail it down. Um, like for us, you know, we use various platforms that basically are dictated by customers and what they've already invested in. Um, so that's really where we where we sit personally. Yeah, I mean, you must be giddy with, I mean, not not COVID, but you know, the fact that it pushed us to get into virtual um, because you were there so long ago, and just for everyone to finally catch up with what you know, what your vision was for the potential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's time. I mean, it's either now or we're going to have to catch up. Right. So you mentioned in, in the intro that you, um, you know, you, you're straddling these two worlds, academia and industry. Um, you're training the trainers and coaches for tomorrow vis-a-vis um, -vis your students. Um, and as well, you manage um, mobile health and virtual lifestyle coaching teams um, on the industry side. Um, first of all, I wanted to dig in a little bit to what your students are excited about or challenged by these days and how you guide them through those things. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it is um, it is a different side, and there's two sides of to every coin, of course. And so where, you know, where I try to bring in the students onto the industry side is anywhere from 
the research side, which is what I'm very passionate about on you know, the academic components, what kind of research studies are actually real, real world applied, because that's where some researchers tend to forget about that. And so to me, that's really what makes a big difference in terms of how I study things. And so I bring the students into a real world you know, application. They see how things can actually be applied. Um, you know, and so that's one very unique um, component. So with the teams of coaches that we have, we take various disciplines, and so everywhere from you know fitness to nutrition to behavioral to mental health, those different components are really important when you're trying to see what kind of lifestyle therapeutic changes that can be applied in the industry. And so what's really unique and what we're trying we're starting to see with our academic programs is, the need for fitness professionals to be able to accomplish more, to do more. They're being asked to do more. So there's more, I mean, programming is so key. It's so important on the fitness side, but they're being called to do different things now. We're being called to be able to support uh, mental and emotional well-being. We're being called to support nutrition. We're being called to support folks from a very unique holistic lens. And so that's what early on for me, you know, when we were in clinic and I was sort of applying this on the academic side, I can see where the fitness professionals are very perfect fit and it's very natural fit for this evolution that's happening. And for our students, they see this aha moment when they're through our, our curriculum. Mm -hmm. I mean, we give them a very um, holistic approach to our curriculum. They get to see everything from the business and marketing side. They get to see the research components. They get to apply it on the coaching, programming, you know, strength and conditioning. And then it's about, well, where do I want to fall on this spectrum? And so for me, you know, when I sort of take students down a journey that sort of aligns with my path, they see, oh my gosh, can I do that as a fitness professional? And it becomes this aha moment for them because this is exactly what's happening in the industry. We're being called to be able to do so much more and being able to apply our skills in so many unique ways. So, um, you know, I think that's really the unique spot that we're in as an industry. Mm -hmm. And I think it's where now we need to you know, look at our skill set and see where do we need to take it? Where do we need to go to the next level? What do I need to add to my list of services to differentiate myself in this market? Because it's all changing so fast um, yeah. and the call to do more is there. So now what do we do? Where do we apply our resources? Where do we get more education? Where do we apply our knowledge? Where do we come, you know, to these conferences and really look at what could make me a unique individual? That's what we try to instill to all of our students is just having this open mindset and being able to go down these niches that can differentiate yourself. So Dr. Ellen Carr, any concerns about scope, scope of practice issues with things evolving so quickly when you, when you mentioned mental health, which we know, especially through the past two years, has really become much more of a public issue. Um, what concerns do you have about scope on that and maybe even prescribing diet and nutrition? You're exactly right. Scope of practice is something that professionals across the board need to be honed in on because there is a fine line between where we need to cross where we can be and where we're where it's too far where we've gone beyond the line so scope of practice and super excited to dig in on this on my presentations that are coming up this weekend um, but scope of practice has to be something that's top of mind so let's give an example so for nutrition coaching as an example when we think about the application of a coach in a nutrition setting it's being able to guide and empower a client to make the decisions that they've that they already have in their hands. So they have education, they've got resources, they know what they 
quote unquote need to do. The coach is there to help steer the conversation into an appropriate direction. So think about empowerment, education versus prescription. Mm -hmm. Those are two very different worlds. That's the, the wall that needs to be built between scope of practice and the coach's ability to know when they've stepped outside of scope. Example, nutrition. So let's say you have a client that has um, comorbidities, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, something of that sort. It is outside of scope for a coach to come in and say, you need to be taking or you need to be consuming these specific caloric intake. Outside of scope, number one, for a specific condition. Also outside of scope to say, you should be or you should be or I, I recommend. Those are two very clearly defined um, out of scope for a coach, as an example, or a fitness professional that's using these skills. What they can do, right, is they can help to promote looking at food logs, and they can help to promote looking at healthy options. They can help to promote finding good snack ideas. They can help to promote, um, if they have been prescribed a diet by a dietitian, physician, other healthcare practitioner, to guide them towards maintaining adherence to that program. Mm -hmm. So that's really the unique opportunity, and honestly, it's a missed opportunity if we're not doing it, to be able to help our clients do what they need to do in order to make their health you know, get to where they wanna be. So to me, I think everybody needs to have some taste of this in the industry. They need to have some ability to guide and coach because it's a missed opportunity overall. And honestly, when you think about the limitations that healthcare providers have, they can provide a diet plan, they can give a prescription, they can give whatever they need in terms of a prescribing role, which is what they need to take, but they don't see these patients that often, right? <laughs> these professionals, our fitness pros are there multiple times a week, you know, if they're lucky with their clients, you know, two, three days that they're seeing, and so even more. So imagine the opportunity that we have to make a huge impact on the lives of our clients. So that's where, like I said, there needs to be even just a little taste of what you're doing, or it can be applied very, you know, very highly um, in your practice with your, um, with your clients. But that's sort of how I would suggest scope of practice and how I would approach the idea of scope of practice to the foundation. It's about education versus prescription. It's mm -hmm. about suggesting versus recommending. Mm -hmm. Those are very clear boundaries, right? It's about asking permission before you apply and, and provide education. Those are the clear, you know, sort of lanes, if you will, for scope of practice. Thanks for clarifying that. Really important stuff. And, you know, in, in we're talking in terms of apparently healthy clients, correct? I mean, if people do have comorbidities, you really should be working in tandem with their allied health team, um, which brings me to another thing I, I just came up I wanted to ask you about, because um, we talked about this four years ago for um, Nutrition Behavior Change Summit. You spoke specifically on this about, um, you know, getting getting involved, marketing yourself, um, establishing yourself as credible with the allied health community. So local physicians, reg registered dietitians, people who understand that you're a serious professional. Um, what are what are some ways to do that? Yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest takeaways that I'm hoping to drive home here at PTI, because that's where the magic happens when you start to create a network mm -hmm. right when you start to create a ne network and insert yourself into the community of being able to refer out to other professionals is where you start to really see the multidisciplinary team be put into action so 
to me, you know, there's, it, it seems like a very difficult um, way to, to get into the medical community. And so for fitness pros that are trying to, you know, sort of put them into the clinical realm, it can feel scary. It can feel, it can feel very daunting. It can feel very hard to do. But once you do, it's a very rewarding experience because, I mean, you talk to any of the pros that are here at PTI, how many of them have comorbidities? How many of them have obesity? How many of them have, you know, other health considerations, mental and emotional well-being or mental health issues? Would, it would be a disservice almost to not have folks to be able to point them to if the referral cues are there, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, that's got to be something that you sort of have in your back pocket. Um, obviously, folks have their own network of allied health professionals that they may or may not be working with, and that's okay. It's about you know sort of navigating the worlds of um, privacy, HIPAA, and those kinds of things, and being mm -hmm. able to support your clients in that way. But to me, it's about you know how we do it right at InHealth is we actually will contract with different providers. Okay, so this is something that folks can do today, right? You can actually contract with different allied healthcare professionals, you can actually become part of their team, right? Mm -hmm. And so for us, we applied in a virtual way. So we become health coaches that sit in a virtual quote unquote office for these providers. And we provide fitness, coaching, nutrition services for their patients. Imagine that, right? A patient comes into their office, they have a lifestyle related, you know, comorbidity. Michelle, you know, weight loss could be a true benefit to you. Is this something you'd like to um, pursue? Yes. Can I connect you with my health coach, registered dietitian, what have you? Yes, that would be wonderful. Imagine the relief the provider feels because now they have a team member at their fingertips, right? They have resources at their fingertips that now their patients are getting support for, which they know is so important for their condition. So for me, that fits perfect into what we're trying to do here. Um, what many of us do on a daily basis is we want to be able to be that resource, be that extension, be that um, support for these allied healthcare professionals because I was telling this yesterday to Jan and Ryan and everybody that imagine the outcomes that we do on a daily basis with our clients. If you put that into a pill, right? If you put that into a pharmaceutical, <laughs> it would be a multi-billion dollar plus, plus, plus. That's what right? everybody wants. That's my the magic point. Pill. So imagine us being able to weave these worlds together. It can be done. It seems scary. We do it every day. People love it. It's a great experience. Your clients will love it. So love to talk more about it but that's how we do it and it's successful and and to be really clear this is this is not a vision visionary thing this is actually happening right now this is what you do in your business yeah. and so it can be done and it's successful and you're getting really positive outcomes from it yeah exactly very positive outcomes we're successfully billing and coding and getting reimbursed for mm -hmm. services fitness Amazing. nutrition health coaching one of our co-founders was a billing and coding expert, figured it out. So we were able to leverage it and imagine the applicability of this across all of these concentrations. So for fitness pros that are trying to get into the reimbursement world, it's available. It's out there. You just got to know how to navigate it. That is so, so exciting. Congratulations on that. Um, and thanks for sharing all of that information. And as you mentioned, we're recording here at Personal Trainer Institute, which is our first in-person event in two years. Um, and as you mentioned, you're presenting on a couple of really timely topics that I think we can all benefit from. Um, first, if you could give us an overview of the truth about meal fre frequency uh, presentation you're doing and explain why you believe this topic is relevant uh, for fit pros to wrap their heads around. 
First off, it feels so good to be in person. I just <laughs> am so pumped that we're all here in person, being able to truly share in this experience together. I know that it's been a long road, so kudos to Idea for making it happen, and we're here. So I'm so um, pleased to be here, first and foremost. Yeah, my talk um, is actually a continuation of what I've studied back when I was at the University of New Mexico, and we looked at meal frequency and its applicability to help to promote weight loss. So I know that we've all heard about, you know, various myths that are out there. If I eat more often, it's going to help my metabolism. If I fast, I'm going to lose more weight, right? So there's constant sort of churn that happens in the nutrition world and it's so hard to know if we go right or if we go left in some of these in these conversations with clients. We get them all the time. Our clients are, you know, constantly hearing from, you know, different media sources, different sources that are out there that may be right or wrong, right? And so it's our job to sort of help them navigate the education and help them understand what is out there and what the evidence has supported. So our talk, um, the talk that I'm giving is really just looking at these myths that are out there, really highlighting the key takeaways, what's the, the body of evidence that's out there supporting or refuting some of these concepts. And, you know, sneak peek, right? The sneak peek is what's the key takeaways that we're going to talk about um, through the conversation of the um, talk tomorrow is it's all about caloric intake. It's all about supporting your clients in having, you know, if weight loss is their goal, a caloric intake that is actually attainable for them. Something that is, you know, reduced, of course, if weight loss is their goal. Target an appropriate protein intake um, that's throughout the day. Meal mm -hmm. frequency really doesn't have a huge impact on it. Nutrient timing, all these other buzzwords that are out there really don't have a big impact on it. Where it starts to shift is when you start to have a athletic goal, right? So if you've got working with athletes or you're starting to really get fine tuning on mm -hmm. the nutrition programming, mm -hmm. that's where things start to flip a little bit. Overall, general population clients, weight loss is the goal, help to support a nice balanced diet, help to support no major gaps in their diet, help to support a reduced calorie diet. And that's where these tech tools can come into place. Mm -hmm. And it becomes super interesting because now you got self-monitoring feedback, you've got accountability by your professional. I mean, that's where, you know, I think I get excited about because that's really where you can see the outcomes. The, the tracking and it, especially if you can gamify it somehow, I think people really respond to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's about finding the tools that work, you know, for that individual. Do you have a, a, a problem solution sort of case study that you could share on um, maybe a client that you or one of your coaches have worked with to, to help them find the, the right meal timing solution? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, for me, it's about supporting our coaching team to address, you know, various client types. So for us, we apply, you know, coaching and, um, you know, there's sort of two segments. One is, you know, employers and direct to, for employee wellness and that kind of um, situation. The second would be for providers and provider patients. So for me, you know, the most applicable sort of case study that I can say is, for these family practice physicians that refer their um, their patients over for lifestyle support, fitness, nutrition, um, you know, most of the time when you're looking at these types of clients, they don't even know where to start. I mean, they 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 sort of have an idea, but it's about how does it fit into their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, through my talk, I've got several case studies that are actually true 
people that we've actually encountered. Um, and so, you know, there's a couple in there that, you know, I, you know, I can highlight. One is, you know, a gal that I've named Sally for the sake of our presentation. And, you know, she's in her 50s and she's wants to, you know, she wants to lose weight. She's got, um, you know, she's got obesity, but no other, you know, major cardiovascular or metabolic conditions. And she's heard that, you know, she wanted to start intermittent fasting to, mm -hmm. um, you know, help her reduce her calorie intake and hopefully, you know, be able to reach her goal faster. And so this is an actual person. Um, and so what sort of the coaches can do with this approach is to find out what is, what is she actually doing now? Because when you look at the research about intermittent fasting, you can see where you, if you start to manipulate things too quickly, right? If you start to go from, let's say, not fasting and you're eating five meals a day or three meals a day and two snacks, whatever that may be, and you start to go to something more dramatic, maybe you've cut out breakfast and you're going to you know, a much more reduced meal frequency, it starts to throw those hunger hormones and those hunger circadian rhythms in your body mm. out of whack. Mm -hmm. And so when I go back to what I did in my dissertation many years ago, that's exactly what we found. And so it's really um, supportive to see you know, that type of um, data to radiate through true individuals. And so, again, with Sally, the approach for the coach would be to reduce her intake of what she's currently doing. Mm -hmm. So it's more appropriate and it's better for the physiology if you were to find out what is Sally doing? Okay, I'm eating five meals a day or I'm eating three meals and two snacks and show her how to take that caloric intake down versus jumping straight into a fasting pro protocol. However, right? So, this so you start with their baseline, you meet them where they are. Exactly. Don't upset the apple cart too much. Just get them, they're used to it already. Just move them along gradually. Right. Yeah, but you know, there's always those clients who have something in their mind, oh, but I heard fasting is it, this is it. So where do we start, right, as a, <laughs> as a professional, right? But you have to address what they want. Because right. if you tell them what to do, they're not gonna do it. If you tell them and support what they want to do, but in a way that you've coached and guide them, then you're gonna see change. So the, you know, the approach with Sally was, well, let's shorten your window. Let's go from eight to six. Oh, that's fasting, because I'm doing this many hours. So again, it's about, She's still in her window. She's still doing her meal frequency that she's mm -hmm. currently doing. But now we've applied the fasting, you know, concept to her overall caloric intake by showing her that approach. So a way that you can sort of take that and apply it to lots of folks that are out there. Great example. Um, and, and I know clients can get sort of antsy and impatient when they don't see success immediately you know, the magic pill thing, or when they plateau, how do you suggest that fit pros work through that with their clients? It's about level setting. I mean, we've all been there. We've all got the clients that come to you and have this, you know, sort of goal. I want to lose X amount of pounds in, you know, a month or something. The best thing to do is sort of to ask, you know, may I share some research or share some evidence with you? Most of the time they're going to say yes. And you're going to say, you know what? The research out there has shown that, you know, healthy weight loss is, you know, 1% of body weight or one to two pounds per week. Um, and so does that align with your goal that we're you know, co-creating that we're creating together. Well, then they start to rethink it, right? Um, you know, another way that I love to use some coaching skills in this in this way is ask them a scaling question. So a scaling question is on a scale of one to ten, how mm. confident do you feel that we can achieve whatever the goal is that you've set? Uh, something. Well, actually, it's like I feel like that's more like a four. Okay. Well, why a four and not a three? It starts to make them think you know, maybe I can do something a little more than I thought. And you start to open up different boxes, open up different doorways with them in terms of your strategies. 
but um, it's a good way to sort of gauge their expectations. They're going to throw something large out there, but it makes them rethink it. So mm-hmm. lots of strategies out there. And, and I think the beauty of it is that, that as the coach, you're not dictating anything. You're just helping them to reason through it. And then at the end of that process, they eventually own it, right? Exactly. That's what you're hoping for. I mean, um, I was speaking to a psychologist about this, you know, last week, actually, and he said, most of the time when folks sit down in our office, you know, we sort of know what's wrong. We know what's happening. We know this. However, it's our job, and coaches fall into this sort of role where we're, we guide them towards a path that makes them have an aha moment, makes them feel that they've been empowered to make the decision, because that's when you see true change. So that's what, that's what we're here to do, right? Absolutely. The nuance of coaching is a, a real thing of beauty. Um, The other session you're presenting here at PTI focuses on nutrition, coaching, and behavior change, which we've been talking about already, but um, what are key takeaways you hope fit pros glean from that lecture? Yeah, I've got several, um, you know, applications of coaching that I've sort of dispersed throughout the presentation. I mean, you can, you know, for example, you know, I'm a board certified health coach and you can go to any of these sort of accredited bodies that are out there to get prepared to sit for the national board. So we, we have one, <clears throat> excuse me, within health that, you know, we've, we've obviously developed. So you can spend a, I mean, it's like an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree sort of developing these skills. So I'm like, ah, how do I get this into two hours? So anyways, what we're highlighting is sort of those key, you know, what I'm highlighting is those key takeaways. Um, what are the key, I mean, sort of high impact coaching skills that you can apply today without going through a certification, without going through something sort of, you know, very um, time consuming or resource driven? What can you start tomorrow? And so that's what we're going through. Um, so high impact coaching skills, you know, the basics of motivational interviewing, the basics of reflections, affirmations, summaries, you know, open-ended questions. We're looking at how you can sort of reframe with your clients. You can start this today. You can actually start at your conversations on your way with uh, loved ones. And so mm-hmm. I sort of love to sort of practice my um, coaching skills as they develop with my husband. And so he kind of like, you know, he doesn't know it, but he, he, see, he feels it. So <laughs> your, practice it today. <laughs> yeah. So when you're gutting fit pros on nutrition and behavior change, what do you observe to be some of the common questions or pain points you hear from our pros and what kind of, kind of advice do you give them to get past it? So I think one of the biggest comments that I hear about nutrition is Am I in scope of practice? You know, mm. how do I have the conversation about nutrition with my clients without crossing any legal boundaries? And very fair question, right? It's all sort of looming in our minds because that is a very real concern. So to me, it's about, again, there's two walls, right? There's sort of the, the place where you have these, uh, you know, your clients that have multiple comorbidities or comorbidities and they have other health considerations. Then there's the other side where you've got your healthy population. So when you see your healthy population, those are the ones that you can stay within your AMDRs, your acceptable macronutrient distribution ranges. You can help guide them towards something that is in that balanced AMDR range. You can help guide them towards a caloric goal using you know, assessment equations. You can help guide them towards a protein goal that sort of fits their level of activity, their goals, those kinds of things. So those are the things that um, you can sort of use today, right? If you want to cross the boundary, if you want to go into the clinical realm, that's where, again, forming that multidisciplinary approach mm-hmm. is going to truly be your, you know, the best approach for you. So you can leverage, you know, your resource, your registered dietitian or your physician or your nurse practitioner to help guide them towards that nutrition protocol. Now it's your job to help 
put that into action. How does that fit into their lifestyle? How do you right. cook these foods? How do you, you know, make it sort of quantifiable in terms of their lifestyle? Those healthcare professionals don't often have the time to do that. It's if we want to step into the nutrition realm, that's where we can have the impact because that's where it can get scary for clients too. They're like, gosh, I just got all these numbers on a piece of paper and I don't know what any of this means. That's where we can have a huge impact. We can guide them towards what, what does this actually mean? How do we put it into our life? So help parse that information, the real technical sort of scary stuff to clients, um, and then you know lead them down a path with some actionable solutions, right? Exactly, yep. And so t- tomorrow during the coaching um, discussion, the nutrition coaching talk, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show the attendees sort of how to break it down um, because that could be sort of scary on our side. How do we take these numbers and how do we break it down? How do we, how do we help our clients sort of quantify this into their lifestyle because of all the components that go into it? I mean, think about all the things that, you know, we're faced with, right? We're here. We traveled. That's one component. We have certain <laughs> dietary preferences. That's another component. Yes. We have, you know, somebody doesn't eat, eat dairy. I mean, there's so many, right, things that you have to take into consideration. So to me, I sort of have a process of how I approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it all boils down to creating, you know, of course, a vision. So this is the sneak peek. Creating a vision with your client. From there, pulling out the key components that are directly related to their goal. Let's say their first concentration is around nutrition. We find out the key components from their vision. We break that down into a six-month goal, a 30-day goal, into action steps that go through weekly. So again, to me, it's it's about figuring out what do they want, right? What's their vision? It could be very different than what we think. How does that apply into a short-term goal? How do we break that down into smaller short-term goals? And then how do we make it two-day action steps? That makes clients feel much more comfortable. They feel like it's much more approachable. They know that they have your support. And so that's usually the hardest part when you think about breaking down any goal, but nutrition can feel like one of those looming those looming pieces. So. Sure. And I think chunking it down like that really um, makes it makes it approachable for the client and it gives them those quick wins. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where you know, for me, I'm always thinking about, again, going back to our previous conversation about, you know, tech tools and sort of what we can do today. It's about weaving those things together. So for me, it's about that structure, right? If we are a business owner and we want to grow our business, right? Option number two that we talked about, what has a material impact to your revenue or your business, Mm -hmm. that structure is easy for packages building. It's easy for you to identify do we want to do a package where we're doing more chat? Do we want to use more reviewing of dietary logs? Do we want to have more video conferencing sessions, in-person sessions? Those are that structure. Once you've built out your structure, now you can start to think of the business model that supports it. Mm-hmm. So to me, if you have one structure, you can start to see how it can translate across leveraging tech tools or you know building in nutrition coaching sessions or referring out and having options to you know sort of have specialized services i don't know but anyway that's how i sort of frame it and really just tailoring it to each client you know what are they comfortable with what you know they not everybody is going to want to use a tracker or is not great with tech so you just have to feel each person out right exactly it has to be individualized and i think that's where Sometimes we forget about the personal and personal training, right? It's bringing the personal piece into the nutrition programming as well. It has to radiate across. It has to feel individualized. And that's why the structure of making it feel that it's part of their vision is so important because it has to be something that they feel is attainable, that they want to have. And so it's, it's all about driving the individuality into it otherwise. 
Oh my gosh, I hope you guys are taking notes. And if not, I hope you're going to the session today. I'm certainly going to pop into these if, if I have the time. Um, incredibly, Michelle, we're at the end of our time. But before we sign off, um, would you please let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you, either through social or other means? And then if you would leave us with a parting thought that will keep our pros focused and excited about the next chapter. Absolutely. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. It's it's a pleasure. You know, thank you for having me, Sandy. And, you know, I'm hoping that, um, you know, you can reach out to me and you can reach me on social. I'm on Instagram. You can um, find me through In Health Lifestyle Therapeutics is, is um, my organization through the university, Cal State Long Beach, my fitness um, students. And so if you're interested in the academic route, that's a great way to sort of dive in with us. Um, yeah, this is, you know, there's two major topics that we discussed today. One is about sort of this idea around, um, you know, meal frequency and myths and sort of how that applies to our clients. And really, that's going to come right into the fruition when we start to embark on any kind of nutrition programming with our clients. So my big takeaway for the listeners is, you know, listen to your clients, build a vision with them, find out how it fits into their lifestyle and educate versus prescribe so that you can stay within your scope of practice. Um, and so build your coaching skills. I'm gonna show you some you know, high impact coaching skills within our sessions or reach out to me and uh, we can sort of dig in together. Mm, super great stuff. Thank you so much for sharing such great thoughts with us today and your time. Um, Dr. Michelle Alencar, you're a gem. Thank you. Um, So much inspiring information that points to a bright future for for the industry. Thank you so much. It's so fun. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I loved interviewing Dr. Alencar. To learn more about Michelle and her work or to connect with her, please check today's show notes to find the links. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, you can find the Idea Fit Pro Show at Apple Podcasts or wherever you source your podcasts. We'd be honored if you took a minute to give us a rating, and we'd be so grateful if you would share the show link and news about the podcast on your social feeds. Meantime, we'll keep working hard to bring you more great material like this. This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thank you for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place. The Idea Fit Pro Show is part of the Outside Inc. podcasting network. Many thanks to our executive producer, Jordan Leeds, and our engineer and editor, Mike Hilding. Copyright 2022, all rights reserved. Reproduction without permission is strictly prohibited.